everybody. Welcome to Scandalous Grace. I am your host, Carla Swanigan, and I'm so glad you're tuning in with us on this episode of the podcast today. I am so honored to have a guest with us today. It is my revival group pastor here at Bethel, Pastor Jeremy Gonzalez. Welcome, Jeremy. How you doing? I am so thankful that you took the time to do this because I seriously see how busy you are at school and how much you have going on. So this means a lot to me. It's a real blessing. And um, I'm excited for you, my listeners, to get to hear from Jeremy today. He has an incredible testimony, and I've just known him for a couple of months, and and he's amazing. And I'm excited for you guys to hear a little bit of his story, but I want to give you um, a little background on Jeremy first before we start chatting. So um, let's see here. Jeremy felt called to ministry at the age of 17, and he got his first tattoo when he was 18. We love your tattoos. <laughs> Um, and since then, he's gorged himself on a ministry smorgasbord. He was a campus missionary at UCSD. He worked in inner healing and mentorship for incarcerated youth. And he was the director of a mini- ministry school in Stockton, California, called Innovation School of Transformation. And he held down real jobs the entire time, too. So, like I said, he's a busy man. 2013 was a monumentally transformational year for Jeremy as he attended Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry here in Redding, California. He left BSSM dramatically more comfortable in his own skin and radical hopeless hopefulness became his normal. What began as a season came full circle in 2017 when he was hired here by BSSM as a revival group pastor where he currently serves. And Jeremy and his beautiful wife Delilah live here in Redding, California with their three wild-hearted children where Jeremy cultivates healthy family and reads 30 plus books a year. You're like me, dude. Like I love to read. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah, I'm constantly reading, so. So, um, wow, I don't know where to start. I think I want to start with your testimony because um, you shared a little bit in our first revival group. And for my listeners that haven't caught up, you can go back and um, kind of find out the details about why I'm at school and where I'm at out here. You can catch older episodes of the podcast on iTunes or even on my website, carloswanigan.com, and just kind of hear the story of how I got out to BSSM and what the school's all about. But yeah, I was so excited to be in that first meeting with you um, where you shared a little bit of your heart, and it was so obvious that you were all about family, which I think is so endearing to all of us students. And um, I just loved the part of your testimony that you shared with us. I know we haven't heard it all, but I would love if you would just share a little bit with our listeners today about how you came to know the Lord and and stuff like that. Yeah, I think um, it it all starts with my with my parents. So my my mom's a Christian, my dad isn't, and he's far from it. He's he would consider himself a, a non practicing Catholic growing up. Mm. My mom was a praying woman; she still is, and. She prayed for my dad for the first 17 years of their marriage that he'd wow. get saved. So wow. talk about endurance and yeah. fight and grit. That was my mom. So in, I think, 1994, we all go to a church service one evening. A man named Donnie Moore, he was a powerful evangelist, was speaking. And my dad, my older brother, myself, my younger brother all get saved the same night, same service. My mom's prayers are answered. That is wild. It is. And that, that's it. I mean, that's that sums up. A lot of just, it changed, it literally changed the whole dynamic of our family, changed the whole direction, where we're going, what we were going after. And we started this journey of, you know, really trying to embrace not just going to church, but what it looked like 
for us to to follow Jesus, to to live like He wants us to live. And we had ups and downs. You know, I, I came out. Uh, I, I mean, I had a lot of I had a lot of years of just being depressed and feeling like I wasn't worth anything and didn't have value in my life, felt insignificant. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish to say that moment I got saved, it left, but it didn't. Right. Um, but I knew, like I like in, your, in the bio, I, I felt called, but I, I had to learn very, very, <laughs> in a very real way that ministry and insecurities really don't work together. Yeah. Uh, and we really don't know who you are. You want to sound like whoever is being praised. You want to look like whatever's being acknowledged in the room. And you kind of jump around just from whatever, you know, whatever the season of life people, you know, are going after because you don't know like who you are mm-hmm. and, and you doubt what you have to give. So um, just kind of went through that for almost all my 20s. I, I live with this sense of being behind. Mm-hmm. You know, that feeling when you're you get off on an airplane and you're in the um, airplane terminal running to your next flight. That's that's the feeling I had for most of my 20s. Just wow. that sense of not um, being behind, of comparing myself with where other people were in their stage of life. And um, it just, it got to the point where I felt just, I gave up in a lot of ways. Like I, I, I walked away from ministry. I, I went to just work in, I used to run a restaurant for about 10 years and just kind of walked away and I think I'm in my early 30s now, and I, I just got to a place where I wasn't happy, and my, my marriage is falling apart. I feel like I'm not a great dad, which, if you know me, like that's yeah. that's why I get up in the morning. Right. You know, I'm, <laughs> I might get emotional, listeners. It's okay. It's normal for me. That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, when I was 33, I came to a conference at Bethel, and it was called Dream Culture Conference. And I, one thing sticks out the most to me during this session is they asked us to take a take some time and write down a hundred dreams. Wow. And I think, I think it was like an hour and a half activation. And in that time, I think I only got to 21. Mm. Like I can only write 21 down. And I just realized how much I, I didn't have hope for the future. Yeah. You know, they say that the definition of despair is to believe that tomorrow is going to be just like today. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt that, you know, and so during this conference, a gentleman said, hey, you ever thought about coming to do the school of ministry here at Bethel? And, you know, and I, I just I kind of shook my head and said no and kind of laughed it off. And six weeks later, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming home from work and I, I tell my wife, like, hey, we, we need to come to Bethel. Like, I need to I need to go to school. Uh, I need to, to just give this one more shot because that's what it literally felt like for me. Yeah. And so we come and uh, God just changes my life. Like to me, you know, I'm 33 years old. You know, I'm surrounded by a lot of like 20 year olds and 18 year olds. I, you know, that, you buy into that lie that you're past your prime or you've missed your moment. Gosh, and, yeah. And it's all lies. It's not, it's not reality, but you know, lies, they can keep us captive longer than, than needed because we, we buy into them. So um, I think I, I really... I really, at that season, felt comfortable with who I was for the first time. And I really, I no longer had to compare myself to other people, even in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could stand and say things I felt God calling me to say, the yeah. way he wanted me to say it. You know, one of my favorite quotes of uh, Pastor Bill Johnson is, he says, the world needs you to be you with God all over you. Oh, that's good. And that was one of the things that really was a great reminder that God's called me to be me. That mm-hmm. you know, the idea that I'm a son, um, 
that in Jesus, that's what's available, that he loves me already before I do anything. And, and yeah. it's one thing to know it, but it's one thing to, it's another thing to experience it and walk in it. And I felt like for the first time in my life, I was actually walking in that, which freed me up. Yeah, It redeemed a lot of my past. It changed my perspective on things. And I think the, the greatest part of it is it affected my family. Yeah. So after first year, um, we stay in Reading. I don't continue doing school because I felt like it was a year for family. So I take my kids to school every day, pick them up. And I have this new sense of, of just God's love for me. And the first thing I want to do is I want to impart that to my family. Yeah. So um, one of the stories I share a lot is because it's so powerful to me and it wasn't like this great idea that I had, but I, I just was trying to figure out ways to communicate this to my kids. And we would drive to school and I would have like the rear view mirror down so I could see into the back seat, which I don't recommend when driving. <laughs> um, but I, I would look at, I would look in the mirror and I would tell each one of my kids 10 things I loved about them. Mm, and so powerful. And for me, it was just a very practical way, you know, to begin to cultivate this awareness that, one day, ultimately, I want them to know that their Heavenly Father feels the same way that I do. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, and I don't want them to have to wait till they're in the 30s to realize that. Like right. I had to, you know. And yeah. So that's, you know, those that's probably, you know, what kind of a very quick, fast, yeah. light year no, you that's know, good. synopsis of my testimony. But You covered a, a bunch of stuff <laughs> that um, is so good and I think so powerful for people listening. Um, so I want to backtrack just a little bit. Sure. Um, so one thing that you said that really stood out to me and that I know is something that God's dealing with me in my heart right now is the whole thing of feeling like if you're in ministry that you should have it all together. And I know we've even had conversations in my meetings with you mm -hmm. about how I feel like I should be further along in my own healing, my own journey with the Lord. I should be, you know, so mature that I don't have any insecurity issues anymore, or I don't have any, um, just confidence or being comfortable in my own skin or any of the other things that are coming up since I'm in school and God's like teaching me all this stuff, all this biblical, awesome knowledge and ministry knowledge, but he's also doing all kinds of inner healing at the same time. Mm -hmm. I tell my friends back home, it's like having open heart surgery every day and asking the Holy Spirit to be your anesthesiologist, you know? But I just think that that's something um, for all of us, whether or not we've been in leadership, but especially for, for pastors that are listening or people in ministry of any kind, to just have that um, validation that it's okay to not be okay. Right. Totally. And I love that, that you share that so transparently and that you felt that way. Cause I think you're right. A lot of times when we give our life to the Lord, whether it's young, like it was for me, and then I walked away from the Lord and came back to him in my thirties, mm -hmm. you still think that once you get Jesus in your life, that everything just with a snap of a finger is going to be an instant. Okay. And it, that's just not reality. Is it? It's not, no. Uh, as you were talking, I, I'm probably going to butcher the quote, but uh, Eugene Peterson, uh, I, I was reading him several years ago, and he said something. He said, in the church, um, he's like, we're all uh, we're all sinners, and the pastor just gets a different title. Wow, and that's good. It's just that reality that we don't stay in sin. We know that we have a new nature in Christ. Sure. But I, I love the fact that he sums up this reality that we're all the same. Yeah. It's just people get different titles. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that title can become a prison. Sometimes it can keep you wrapped up in the lie that um, you're going to be okay or um, you deny your own needs, which 
just becomes really unhealthy. And yeah. I, I think for me, uh, to realize who you are mm. and to realize what you are and to realize where you're at and to learn to steward that and be faithful as you grow is it's that to me, that's the ultimate test of longevity. That's so good. Is, and if you're not doing that, um, people get burnt out. People yeah. walk away. People buy into the lie that it doesn't work because, you know, they're still struggling. And mm-hmm. um, God has never called any of us to do this alone. Yeah. And that was one thing I had to really wrestle with in life um, was being honest with people, you know. But I think my issue was that I didn't, I didn't trust people mm-hmm. because I thought if I shared who I really was, like, yeah. they they would they would reject me. And so what we do sometimes is is we reject others as a defense mechanism. Yeah. So that we can stay where we're at. And it just ends up being a, a prison and extremely unhealthy. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I'm learning so much here at school and um another thing that you said was talking about, you know, feeling like like when I came to school feeling like I was past my prime. You know, I'm like, oh, here I'm around all these young kids or younger people because um, <clears throat> I'm in my 40s, mm-hmm. you know. And so I'm like, I don't know how it's going to be to like it, to go to school with all these younger people. And am I going to stick out like a sore thumb? Am I going to be able to connect with people? That was one of my big fears. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, it's a lie that enemy tells us to keep us from connecting or to keep us having our own self-protective walls and really not even stepping into the destiny that God's calling us to. And the Lord confirmed it for me so many times that I was supposed to be here right now. And now that I'm here, it's so obvious that this is what I needed in my life. And I'm so glad I did it. But I think that there are so many of us that question that and wonder, like, it feels like starting over when really, I think it's like building on what God's already been doing. Yes. So um, I just want to encourage anybody listening, um, take Jeremy's encouragement and mind like mm-hmm. if God's calling you to something new don't be discouraged by your age because that's really not a factor to the Lord oh totally one of my favorite quotes uh, uh Sean Smith the traveling evangelist I think he's quoting uh Tim stories but he he says that your setbacks are set up for a comeback oh I love that and I that's mine I've stole it they don't yeah. they don't own that. that's, that's my quote <laughs> You're now taking it yeah, over. because it's so true like yeah. the things that you think are actually keeping you back in life uh, are the actually the very things that God will use to actually propel you into Come your on. destiny. And I, I really do believe I'm on, I'm under the firm like belief that God doesn't waste anything Yeah, that you might think you needed to be this place to get this. And if you allow God to open your eyes, you'll realize that he's actually doing some things in your life right now, preparing you for what's next. Yeah. But when you don't value that, it's, it just turns out to be a longer season. Yeah, and, and going around that mountain again. Ex- exactly. So there's there's something to be said about just appreciating where you're at, trusting that the Lord is in it, if he's called you there, and just building, building to the point where you're ready to when that moment happens. So good. I was reading, I think it was John Maxwell recently, and he said, if you decide to get ready when the opportunity presents itself, you're, it's too late. Mm. And so I, I really believe that even for the listeners, like God is getting you ready for whatever's next. And Amen. you might not be able to see it, but I, I know it firsthand that he does use these moments that we think are insignificant or not what we want or not as valuable as somebody doing something, you know, Instagram filter worthy, sure, you know. Sure. And so 
one of the things that, um, and I may misquote you, so correct me if I say it wrong, but one of the things that you encourage us with in our revival group all the time is, I think one of your core values where you say, always be prepared because you never know when God's going to ask you to step up, you know, and share something. So be prepared totally in advance. And so that's been a really good word for me. Um, another thing that I wanted to touch on that you shared from your testimony that I think is so powerful and important is the fact that your mom was praying for 17 years for your family. And at the time, was she the only one in your um, immediate family that was saved? Yeah, that was, she was it. Yeah, wow. she was the only one. And that encourages me because I have, you know, people in my immediate family that I'm praying for and believing that God's going to touch their heart and call them to himself. And I have lots of friends and um, people that I care about that are praying for, like, a lot of us are praying for our kids mm-hmm. to come to know the Lord. And yes. so just... The power of a praying mom, I think, is something that maybe we don't fully realize, you know, here on earth, but I think it makes a big impression on the Lord, you know, totally. because that mother's heart, you know, is so, that's that side of the Lord that I love so much, his nurturing and compassionate side. And I just think that people just need encouragement that have been praying for a long time or what feels like a long time to them to know that your mom hung in there for that long and she saw that promise from the Lord come to pass. And I just think that's really beautiful. So um, before we go, I don't want you to let me forget. I want to pray for people that are believing. Oh, totally. So, um, yeah, you know what? Let's just do that right now because yeah. I just feel like God's on that. So um, I'm just going to let you pray for, for people who are believing for um, salvation in their own families, you know, and they've been praying for a really long time. Oh, yes. So, uh, Father, we just thank you right now. Lord, I, I just, Lord, we, we talk about the testimony when we release it, that you, when we hear testimony, it's an invitation for you to do it again because you're not yeah. a respecter of persons, God. So I say right now, those people that have been praying for siblings, that have been praying for children, been praying for parents, been praying for friends, co-workers, God, and it seems like it's hopeless. It seems mm-hmm. like it's not going to happen. It, it, it seems like they've made a turn for worse since they've started praying. Lord, I, I just say that they would begin to see, Lord, salvations, Lord, the people that they love the most would come to know you, God. And I just release, Lord, your word says in Romans fifteen five that you're the God of endurance, Lord. So I pray right now that people would feel strengthened. Lord, knowing that you're the one, Lord, that initiates the endurance to keep praying, to keep knocking, to keep asking God, and that we will, Lord, they will see people come to know, Lord, you in uh, in ways that would blow their mind, in, in ways that were completely unexpected, God. So we just bless that today and ask that you would, Lord, strengthen us in our prayers to continually go after, Lord, the people you're putting in our hearts to pray for. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Yes. Okay, so changing gears just a little bit. Um, when I was thinking of things that I wanted to talk to you about for the interview, like I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many things I want to talk about, and we, we don't have enough time to cover everything. So I was like, all right, Lord, just give is me this, this stuff. Is this part one of part two? It might be, because I'm like, this is so good. Um, but one of the things I was thinking about is our theme of Scandalous Grace is from John chapter 9, um, when Jesus healed the man that was born blind, he healed him on the Sabbath, which really just ticked off all the religious leaders and they felt like he was breaking the rules. And I just talk about how it's 
Jesus was always displaying that scandalous grace. Yes. He was choosing love mm-hmm. over the law all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. That's one of my most favorite enduring things about the Lord. And so um, in my own life, I've had those situations where I've seen God do that on my behalf, you know, and just kind of break the rules to draw me near to him and do that for other people. And so I was just wondering, you know, um, I guess the way I want to pose the question is in the church, especially, and even um, not so much with unbelievers, but with believers, sometimes we get a little hung up with the rules and the laws and all that. And we lose sight of the bigger picture, which is the love of Jesus. And that it's the goodness of God that draws man to repentance, you know? And so I guess, what is, what do you think in your ministry and in maybe even your time here um, as a staff pastor, just in general, what are some of the misconceptions or a misconception you think that we deal with as believers even? about God. Yeah, I think, you know, as you were, as you were talking, uh, you hear, you know, in the book of Matthew twice, you know, Jesus saying, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Mm. And, and to me, um, it's, it's one thing to know that Jesus saves us, which we do. We believe that he's the atoning sacrifice for our sins. But I think sometimes we don't look at actually how he lived his life yeah. and, the, and the people that he actually valued. And we do, we, we, I think we talk about it, but to really embrace it as something different yeah, and to realize he said, I came to seek and save that, which is lost. Like mm-hmm. I, I came for those that are sick. And, you know, I, I think for me, just wa- wanting to not only know Jesus, but to become like him yeah. um, has to be the goal of, I think every Christian. And unfortunately, I think sometimes we, we stop at just experiencing him. Mm-hmm. We stop at just knowing him. And we kind of leave services or we leave school or we leave Bible study feeling the sense of relief that we know God loves us. But um, I, I think God's always inviting us to go a step further yeah. and and become what he's asked us to become, which is in a loving example of, uh, of his heart, his expression. Yeah. I was reading uh, Henry Nowen's book, The Return of the Prodigal Son, last year. And he said something very interesting about the, that whole story. He says that the goal of the story is to actually become like the father. Wow. And he says, you know, Jesus says to be compassionate as my father is compassionate. And I think sometimes we read that story of the prodigal son and we're, we teeter between, oh, I'm the religious one who doesn't um, experience the father's presence. But I, cause I don't, but I did, I never left versus the prodigal who leaves and comes back. And, um, I think it's there's an invitation to step out of both of those yeah. and really get to that point where you can be the one that runs after the son that returns, that you can be the one that expresses the father's love in a way that transforms people. Yes. Um, and I really do feel like that is an invitation that is to, for every believer is to be an extension of the love of God. Um, I had a very powerful experience back in, I think it was 2005 or six. I was at a conference um, one of my friends on a whim said, Hey, I'm going to a conference this weekend in LA. And this, this, this part of my life, I was living in, in Northern California. So I said, sure. didn't know who the speaker was, what the topic was. Wow. Um, and I get there and it's, um, Erwin McManus. Um, it's his, um, leadership church conference. And he said something in one of his sessions that has changed my life ever since he said that he prayed two things for his life. 
that he would always stand in the center of what God's doing and that God's heart would beat in his chest. Mm. And that was one of those moments where I said, hey, that, that prayer is mine. Yeah, I love and that. And honestly, any amount of breakthrough I've had in like loving people and pastoring people and, you know, wanting to be tender and wanting to, you know, go after the people that maybe, you know, religion says not to. It's because I've asked God to like change my heart. Yeah. I've asked God to fill it with his heart. And when that happens, like bias has to leave. Yeah. Like, your opinion of who think who you think should or shouldn't receive grace leaves. Yeah. Because it's not no longer dependent on you and, and your understanding. You're leaning into what God's heart is for people. It's so good. And it's it's for everyone. Yeah, because we're not the judge. No. And I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so grateful. No, amen. That's so good. Yeah, there is a song um when I first came back to the Lord in my thirties. I can't think of the name of it right now. But it, um, the lyrics are break my heart for what breaks yours. Yes. And I remember the first time I sang that in church, I felt like the Holy Spirit just kind of like make an impression on me. Like, do you mean that? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you really mean that? Do you want to have your heart break for what breaks mine? I was like, yes, Lord, as much as I can know right now, totally. cause you know, um, but he totally did that for me, you know, and I, and he gave me such a passion for um, people that are incarcerated. I know you have a passion for that as well, and you've done some ministry with incarcerated youth, and um, I've done my jail ministry to the women in Colorado that my heart just breaks for them, and it's because I, f- I know that when I go in there and share the love of Jesus with them, some of them are literally hearing that for the first time. They're not hearing about Jesus. They're not hearing the gospel for the first time. They're hearing that Jesus actually loves them right now where they're at in their current situation for the first time. And that is what breaks the yoke, so to speak, a lot of times not to be like hyper spiritual with my Christianity words (laughs) there, my Christianese, but it it really breaks off all the, the lies that, the devil has told them that they're not redeemable, that they're not worthy of love. And so I've seen it in action there in the jail. And that breaks my heart for all the other people, like you said, that are kind of outside the walls of the church that maybe um, religion has told us that are unreachable mm-hmm. or they're not really desirable to the Lord, which is just not true. And so that's something I'm super passionate about. And I love hearing you talk about that and um, just sharing your heart about that a little bit. One of of my favorite, I can't remember, one of my favorite quotes, I can't remember who said it, but they said the kingdom of God is one beggar telling another beggar where they can get a loaf of bread. And to me, that's always, it gives me perspective. It gives me a, a great reminder of, Hey, you know what? I was I was there, right? And I think sometimes we forget. Oh yeah. Um, and it's sad. It's almost like we lose patience for people that were once like us. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen it. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in people that have you know gone after helping people. It's this. It's this coldness. Like you want them to get it overnight. And mm-hmm. thank God He was patient with me. Yeah. Um, I have this moment where, you know, I said I struggled with depression even as a Christian. And, I went through a season of my life when I was 17 where I was cutting myself and I, st- I think I stayed in my I stayed in my bedroom almost the, for like eight months the whole entire time in the dark. I would wow. cry in control. Of, I just hated myself, hated who I was. And uh, I finally got a breakthrough one night. I, I walk into a church and there's a gentleman who's preaching and I'm sitting in the back and 
he says, hey, you in the back. And I turned around and hopefully that somebody had walked in behind me, but there, <laughs> was nobody was weird. there. So it was me. And he called me up. Um, and this is how I know the power of God is real. Like he told me everything that I was going on in my life. Wow. It was like someone had told him and, and that someone was God. Wow. And I knew that God knew me. I knew that God knew what I was going through. And I, I knew that God wasn't okay with it. Yeah. And this starts me on a journey of, of going to youth group. And I, I wasn't raised in church. You know, my mom prayed for us. We all got saved on the same day. So there wasn't a lot of teaching on how to act in church and what to do. And uh, I remember I, I would stand at the altar and I'd have my hands raised and I'd be crying and the only thing I could say was that I would tell God he can't get rid of me mm. because for so many years I felt like a throwaway that I was trying to tell him that he was stuck with me. Wow. Um, and, you know, 21 years later, I realized that he's been telling me that this whole time. And there's something about the patience of God mm. to let you make mistakes, let you get it wrong, let you walk away yeah. from him. But to go back to that prodigal son story, as soon as you make any movement towards him, he's he's picking up his robe and he's he's going in a dead sprint towards you. So good. I'm such a visual learner. And so for me, it's so good to, to just see that picture from that story and remember how God's always pursuing us. Totally. Yes. All of us. Yes. And I love that so much. And like we said at the beginning, none of us have arrived. Mm -mm. You know, we're all going from glory to glory. And I think... Sometimes those of us who've been walking with the Lord for a long time, like you said, we forget where he pulled us from. And so that's a real quick humbling thing for me when I can feel any kind of like self-righteousness or whatever coming on me when I encounter people that I'm, you know, quote unquote, trying to minister to. Sure. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit's like, wait a minute, girl, you know, do we need to do a little history lesson here? Do we need to go back in time and remember <laughs> what I delivered you from and pulled you from and healed you of? And um, I'm like, you're right, Lord, you're right. That's good. That's good. <laughs> totally. Get this off of me. You and know? you know, you know this as well as I do that when you go and you minister to people, you you usually leave more change than they yes. do. That God does something with you. Yes. This uh, humility and a love and an appreciation and yep. a thankfulness and a, and a willingness to keep going is. Yeah. It happens when you when you turn your posture off yourself into others. Right. I always. Um, when I leave the jail, every time I always call my husband and let him know that I'm done and I'm headed home and. And he always asked me how it went. And so I have this thing that I always say, and it's just so true, but I always say I'm high as a kite, you know, but, <laughs> yes. and I am. It's because I'm so full of the love of the Lord and in awe of him and what he did in that place and what I watched him do in their hearts. And it just reminds me, like you said, all over again of his goodness and his loving kindness to draw people to him. But it does when you're, when you're pouring out you know, from that overflow of the Lord, you usually leave more full yes. of, of love for the Lord than you did when you got there. So it never fails. It's so good. And I love that about the Lord too. Um, I know that one of the things I do want to have a part two sometime because you mentioned something that I want to key in. You talked about, um, that guy had a prophetic like word of knowledge for you Yes, that kind of like let the Lord let you know that the Lord saw you. And that's the same thing that happened. That's how I came back to the Lord was through a prophetic word mm -hmm. and through a word of knowledge. And it brought breakthrough in my life. And so sometimes I, someday I want to interview you about that because oh, totally. I think that is such a way that God's doing um, evangelism through us right now on the earth for sure. It's mm -hmm. prophetic evangelism and I'm passionate about that. Yes. So maybe we'll devote a whole episode to that 
when you have time, we'll just do one on prophetic evangelism. But um, just to kind of close up this one, I would just love to ask, like, if you have any um, cool um, recent stories, because I know that you do ministry. Um, you just came back from a ministry event out of town where you went and were invited to minister, and you saw some some cool God stuff, some healings and miracles and stuff we like did, that. We did. So can you share a little bit about that? Yes, we were able to um, do a retreat for a college um, ministry, um, and we were in Lake Tahoe, and we had a, a session, a morning session, where we just felt like, hey, we're just going to say, open our hearts to see what the Lord wants to do. And so um, we had a few people who um, ministered in the word of knowledge, and that's mm -hmm. just God giving them information that they wouldn't normally know about somebody. Um, and they called it out in the room, and, and people responded, and, and the, the room is just kind of, when that happens, it gets it's like electrifying, just yeah. this realization that God knows you. And yeah. so... We had people stand up, and they were given some prophetic words. As God just speaking about life and future and destiny and their identity, and that's that's really what prophecy is. It doesn't have to be weird or spooky. Right. It's just that God knows God knows you, and He loves you, and He has a purpose for your life. And sometimes, you know, because we're a body, we need other people to remind us, and that's and God's okay with that. So we we opened up for a time of, a time of ministry in that area. And during that time, I really felt like there was an invitation to go after some healings. Nice. So um, when time was right, we um, I felt a few things. Um, I just I just feel like I I know that I know that I know when God's doing something. Mm -hmm. I can't explain it. It's just thing I've kind of learned in my relationship with Him. And so I got a quick I get a few things that I, I wanted to release in the room. Just ask and invite people to step into if if they needed that healing. So we had, uh, I think one of my teammate, one of the people on my team asked, um, he felt like there were some people in the room that were struggling to sleep. Um, and a few people raised their hands and we were able to pray for them, which was amazing. That's awesome. Um, we also, um, I felt, um, I got like a little tingling in my fingers all mm -hmm. of a sudden. And I, and I really felt the Lord was inviting me to ask if there's anybody in the room with circulation issues in their hands and or carpal tunnel. So we have Three, I think three, three females in a room of 150 raised their hand. Um, we pray for them. Uh, there's a girl. She's. It's been so bad in her life. She actually has surgery on her right wrist wow. because of carpal tunnel. Yeah. And they were thinking she was going to have to have surgery on her left wrist. No pain. Leaves completely wow. gone. She testifies two days later in our in our Sunday morning session. This was Saturday morning, so the next day, still no pain, complete awesome. movement. She's she feels totally healed. We had another girl who testified on that Sunday morning that she um, had had a cold sensation in her hands. I think for about five years, and she could not like whatever she did, it wouldn't leave. We prayed for her during that Saturday session. She felt warmth in her fingers for the first time. Oh and she's standing at the front on Sunday morning of this retreat, weeping and crying mm. and saying that her fingers still feel warm. That oh. sensation has left her. Um, we also went after, I felt like there was an invitation to go after sports-related injuries. Um, there's a gentleman who's had uh, two surgeries in his knee to uh, fix his ACL. He just hurt it again. Yeah. He was there with a knee brace. 
Uh, we prayed for him, and I look over, and they're taking off the knee brace. And my initial reaction is like, <laughs> yes, Lord, I believe you, but uh, awesome. okay. And complete, he couldn't even walk to the car to, to come to the retreat. That's how much in pain he was. All day Saturday, all day Sunday until we left, he was totally walking around, completely healed um, awesome. from, from this knee injury that he thought he was going to actually have to go get another surgery on. So Gosh. those are a few really cool things that, that we saw that the Lord really just did in that, in that retreat. And, That's so good. Yes. I love that God loves us enough that he is still speaking to us and delivering us and saving and rescuing us and healing us. Totally. Yes, you absolutely. Know? I think it's such a beautiful display of his intentional, purposeful pursuit and love of us. And I love that about him so much. Oh, yes, I do too. Well, like I said, I could talk to you all day because you are like a wealth of knowledge. And so I'm just going to pin you down right now on this podcast and say, let's do this again. Sure. So um, I want people to be able to know where to find you. Mm-hmm. So um, Jeremy is available to come and minister at your event. And, um, or speak at your event. If you've got a retreat or a ministry event, you want him to come out, you can reach him by email at jeremy.gonzalez at bethel.com. And you can also follow him on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Jeremy Gonzalez. So Jeremy, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Um, I know it's going to bless a lot of people and thanks for taking the time to do this. It really means a lot. Yeah. And is there anything else you just want to Add, go for it. Yeah, totally. So as we're sitting here, I really feel like there's an invitation to go after chronic migraines. Um, I know my wife has had seasons where she's experienced that, and I know you feel helpless. There's nothing you yeah. can do, and I, I really want to pray just for awesome. just for that as well. And then I want to release the testimonies, even that we sh- we saw during our retreat with circulation issues, yeah. not only in your fingers, but also in your toes and just the sensation that doesn't leave. Like I really feel like the Lord is going to bring some healing to people in this area. Yeah. Um, let's go for so it. I'm, I'm going to pray. Is that okay? Do it. Yes. So father, we just, we thank you that you're a God that speaks. Lord, we thank you that you're not a God that lives far away, that we have to beg and plead for you to come near. Lord, you're active in our lives. Lord, you're Jehovah. Lord, you're, you're the God that is near. You're Emmanuel, God with us. And so we just say that right now you would release healing in these areas, God. Lord, we say that those people that have had, Lord, it feels like um, migraines, that they can't even function. They can't even think straight. They can't even get out of bed in the morning. God, we ask that you would bring healing and relief, Lord, over these migraines. We say they would go and they would never come back, God. And we also, Lord, we release this testimony over circulation, over um, carpal tunnel. Lord, we say right now that you created the body. So that means you have the power to heal it. So we release healing in these areas, God. Well, we also, we saw healing for sports-related injuries, God. So we say you break trauma off of people, Lord, where there's been impact, God, where there's been a twisting, where there's been a tearing, Lord, where there's been a lack of mobility, Lord, right now. We just say over knees, over elbows, over shoulders, over backs, God, right now. Lord, we say full, Lord, restoration as if it never happened, God. And we just bless people to walk. Lord, in their destinies, God. Lord, we, we break depression off people today. Yeah. Lord, we say that people would understand who they are. They would understand who you are. And they would know why they're alive today on this planet, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And I'm just going to tag on to that. And Lord, I just pray for people that are um, just have a huge fear of failure. 
mm-hmm. especially um, people in any type of leadership or um, ministry, God, I just break that off right now in the name of Jesus. And I release um, fresh hope and I release your truth over their life. I pray, God, that um, like Jeremy said earlier, that that um, from his own testimony, that you would help them to be comfortable in their own skin and realize they don't have to perform to please you. Lord, it's um, it's like we always say on the show, it's about relationship. It's not about keeping all the rules and, and trying to be perfect because you did that for us on the cross, Jesus. So I just release fresh hope to those people yes, as well, God. Lord. Yes, and just anybody who is... Um, just really struggling to step out into something new as well, Lord. I just release the testimony from Jeremy and myself that that you make all things new and you call us into new yes, beginnings God. all the time and it doesn't yes, matter God. our age, Lord. So I just thank you for, for new beginnings for people and, like I said, fresh hope. And we just bless everybody listening, Lord. I just thank you for healings in their body, salvations in their family, breakthroughs, Lord, the financial provision they need. Just you are a personal God, Lord, and I just thank you that you attend to every one of our needs and you care about us so much. Thank you, Lord, for revealing yourself to us in such a loving way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for being on here, Jeremy. I really appreciate it. And you guys, thanks for tuning in today. Like I said, you can can find Jeremy on Instagram and Facebook at Jeremy Gonzalez. And his email is jeremy.gonzalez at Bethel.com. And you can find me at carlaswanigan.com. And you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. I would love to hear from you at scandalousgrace at carlaswanigan.com. Email me and let me know how God's moving in your life. And how these testimonies are encouraging you and the breakthroughs that God's just doing in your life in general. It's always good to hear from our listeners. And um, just remember, you guys, leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus.